Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Blake and and uh, Sam. Uh, Blake, you want to introduce Sam a little bit? Sure. Um, well, welcome everyone to, to number three. Um, yeah, today we have on Mr. Sam Mattingly. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself more, but um, he's my absolute boy. Met him when we were at orientation at UVA. We were both transfer be- students. Before orientation. Yeah, the day before orientation. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because he was like the first person I had met there, and then we've been like best buds since. So yeah. um, very lucky. But um, yeah, Sam, thanks for coming on. And uh, if you want to just like let everyone know what uh, just about yourself a little bit, school major, all that type of stuff. Yeah, well, um, thank you for having me. And you're right, it is it's kind of crazy that like like the first person I talked to ended up being like or I you like you know second or third, but like ultimately like, like one of the first, first people I talked to with, ended yeah. up being like. Like one of my best friends at UVA, but um, I'm Sam Attley. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I am going to be a third year at UVA next year. And I'm majoring in philosophy. Third year, gang. Yeah, third yeah. year. Um, are you still thinking about uh, like minoring in English or anything like that? Because I know you're writing for yeah. daily. Yeah, no, I am. I'm thinking about minoring in English. Um, I'm taking like I'm taking a one English class next semester, but I'm also on the wait list for another so Right on. maybe two and like yeah i mean i'm i'm definitely more interested in philosophy just like why i'm majoring in it and i've been more interested in philosophy for a while but like um i think philosophy kind of at least the way it's studied um in college like fails to cover like the more like personal like human side mm. of like because philosophy is like a lot of like deep thinking like a lot of like critical thinking but like I think English is more of the same, like, deep thinking, except generally around, like, with a focus on, like, uh, humans and, like, human emotions. Like, what you take out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it would be good to, like, like, because philosophy is basically just, like, pure logic and reason, and I think it's, like, I obviously love that, but, like, I also want to balance that with some, like, pure, more like, subjective, human, applied, subjective, applied yeah, stuff. Yeah. stuff. Um, so, but, I mean, it's, I think it's also cool, because, like, between the three of us, we have two philosophy majors and you two and then i'm probably going to focus in philosophy for my major which is pretty cool but you've been in it you've been involved you've been involved and interested in it for way longer than both john and i so do you want to tell uh, us just like about that journey and like when that started and kind of all that yeah um so i'd say like the only time i really considered myself like 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 when i first fully considered myself like interested in philosophy was like when i was a sophomore in high school um but, like, I had been, like, the journey that, like, kind of, like, led me to that point, I would say probably, like, started maybe in, like, eighth grade. Um, like, eight, eighth grade for me was just, like, a very, like, rough time. Like, like I really didn't have a good social life. Uh, I was, like, not doing well in school. Um, like, just, like, like, nothing was going well. Like, I, I felt very, like, shy and, like, insecure with myself. Um but, like, because of that, like, I started just, like, thinking more, you know? So, like, like because I, I wasn't just, like, hanging out with my friends and, like, playing video games, like... And because there was a lot of, like, bad shit going on in my life, I was, like, questioning, like, a lot of stuff um, that I believed in. And um, I'd say, like, generally... Um, like, I, I think in, in, in eighth grade, like, I also kind of, like, started to, like, lean on religion a bit more, um, cause, like partially because of that and then uh like ninth grade so like sorry this is totally inter- interrupting but like like it's important to note like most of my like interest in like thinking and like like most of my like like me questioning things centers around religion so like like that's kind of like the basis of like my story but like in ninth grade things were going better um but like in history class we started learning about the catholic church and like i was a catholic and, like, we were learning about, um, like, all the horrible things the Catholic Church has done, like, like all, of the, like, like, the corruption, and I was, like, like, I cannot, like, believe in Catholicism anymore. Like, I can't, like, call myself a, a Catholic, like, when just, like, the entire history of Catholicism has basically been, like, manipulation and fear and corruption. So, like, I kind of, like, started distancing myself from Catholicism in ninth grade, and I considered myself more just, like, a non-denominational Christian, um... And then in 10th grade, I took an AP Gov class, and that was the first time that I had ever, like, 
really thought about like or not the first time I thought about it, like the first time I like really had to like study politics in any serious way and when I did that I basically realized that like every previous political belief I had was based on like absolutely nothing <laughs> like like it it's not that they were all wrong necessarily it was just that they were all just like regurgitated from like my parents so like from people around me and like that I didn't actually like I, like like the fact that, like in class I was just not able to like back up anything you I was hadn't saying. like deliberated upon your opinions exactly yeah. like 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 the way I put it was like they weren't like formed by me they were formed by people around me mm-hmm. and like like when I finally came to that realization I, like it it spurred really a um like a period of just like questioning like everything for me um interesting and because like I think in in ninth grade I started like veering away from Catholicism then tenth grade like I was like okay I shouldn't believe a lot of these uh, political beliefs that I have right now. So, like, I also kind of started questioning religion along with that. Um, and then, like, I eventually like, questioned religion to the point where I no longer believed in religion, and I just, like, became an atheist, and that kind of, like, opened the floodgates. And, like, like that's not my only interest now, but, like, it is fair to say at the time that was, like, my only philosophical interest was, like, does God exist? So I would just, I would just watch debates about it all the time like i was like absolutely obsessed with people like christopher hitchens like richard dawkins like sam harris um i just like watched everything they had to say and like that eventually like transitioned into like being interested in like morality being interested in um like like questions like free will like psychology but like the origin the origin is definitely uh religion yeah i feel like it's cool because philosophy in like inherently and necessarily overlaps with most other fields like once like your opinion on yeah. like religion or um like theism is going to influence your opinion uh, opinions on morality or free will or anything like that yeah, um, correct me if i'm wrong but i think science used to be called philosophy like if it was a science it was called natural philosophy, philosophy. Or natural yeah like, natural philosophy you know mm-hmm. um huh. so yeah yeah so, i mean just a quick fact for yeah you know i think i think philosophy has a bad reputation for being like worthless i mean yeah worthless i mean well i think that's just like kind of bullshit but like i think it has also a bad reputation for being um like purely like made up and like conceptual and not applicable yeah Yeah, like not based on like anything real but like the thing is like shapes your thinking for sure it that's like that's the point like like the point is like i mean i don't know the thing is, like, any criticism of philosophy is ultimately, like, a philosophical right. criticism. You know? <laughs> That's so, like, so ironic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, to, like, to say, like, philosophy is worthless, like, you're making, like, a philosophical claim. Right. Yeah. Like, or, like, to say, like, like, like you can never know something um, by just, like, thinking about it. Like, so that is literally, that is literally, like, a claim about epistemology. Right. Which is, like... Yeah, a philosophical, you know, like like a philosophical. It's claim. also like philosophy is a lot of the why. So like a lot of things involve the why, and you can boil things a lot down to the why. I mean, yeah, philosophy that's is basically just like about it, continuing to ask why, yeah, exactly. like further than anyone else does. Yep. Yeah, and that's like when you're a kid playing the why game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a philosopher in the making. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I also, like actually. It's interesting you say that because like I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I did that all the time as a kid. Same. Um. And, really? like, I honestly, That's like, sick. if I, I have kids, did. like, I can't wait for them to play that game with me because, yeah. like, it's just fun. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Like, it's fun. <laughs> or, I mean, like, even if I don't have the answer, it's, like, at least fun to, like, you know, be like, I don't know. Like, let's think about it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's also, like, what we were just talking about earlier with um, with how really certain, like, political ideologies are, like, you could take, like, policy and then strip that down to the level of, like, ideology or political philosophy. And then what we were just talking about how you could strip that down even more to like what do you think the meaning of life is and like yeah. ha- what is the best way to maximize happiness for the constituents of a state yeah. like and you've got you've got that whole uh, philosophy of the sciences thing going that you've been working on recently I feel like oh yeah thing. the thing remember so I, oh, I described to you with, like, exactly to chemistry with, going to biology exactly so for the like you the, have to have complete knowledge of one to know the other yeah and I, I've kind of stripped that back and I don't think it's complete knowledge I think the hypothesis stands that in order to understand economics you necessarily like well have to understand psychology you have under you have to understand psychology and then to understand psychology you have to understand like biology and then do you think to understand economics you have to fully understand 
sociology and psychology because like economics is more like maybe for microeconomics you just need mm-hmm. to know psychology but if we're talking about like macro economics you need to know like the structure like the political structure like the right um I definitely think so. I don't know. I don't really know what like macroeconomics. Yeah, and I I don't I really don't know that much about like or what like sociology covers, but I definitely think that it, that's I maybe the that whole hypothesis of the like philosophy of sciences and the like epistemology of them. It I don't think the full knowledge is necessarily like required. Like obviously you don't have to know every single thing about physics to like un, like understand every single thing about economics, but it's it well, kind of goes into what we're talking about with like maybe, philosophy where they they're intertwined. Like they're they're inherently yeah, intertwined about to have in a most complete ways. Understanding. Maybe, maybe like to fully know anything. Maybe like to practically like understand chemistry, biology. You don't need to know all of physics. Yeah. It's like fully know. Yeah, it's like engaging in the hypothetical. Like yeah. hypothetically, like to be like completely yeah. certain. Like you would also have to be certain about like everything that leads exactly up to that. Exactly. Know? But can you be completely certain about anything ever? Well, that's the biggest epistemological question think, ever created. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Um, uh, that is. Yeah. Are either of you guys gonna take that? take epistemology i want to yeah, take it i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it next semester i believe I actually oh, really? I, I was taking it last semester um but i dropped it because i was taking too many classes and i could have taken it any time so, yeah. yeah yeah well i want to hear from both of you guys what you think your favorite like philosophy course that you've taken up to this point is and i've why. taken two philosophy classes well so. still tell me the favorite <laughs> i guess i guess my most recent philosophy class early modern Okay. Philosophy. Because of, like, you you learned about, like, Hume and, uh... Um, so, our teacher was maybe not the best. Uh, he didn't really facilitate discussion very well. Uh, and he kind of just lectured at us for hours at a time. So that was not fun. But the part that I enjoyed the most was the Hume, um, free will argument Uh paper that I wrote. And, um, I feel like that really shaped my thinking, even if I don't believe his argument, even if I don't believe it. Can you summarize the argument real quick? Cause I'm not familiar. It was pretty semantic, wasn't it? I'd have to, I'd have to pull it up because I don't he, know. He, he's a compatibilist, but it, but it kind of came down to more of like a, the, the arguments that most people are making are more of like semantic. And then he was like kind of rearranging definitions so, I think, and stuff like that. I think basically he destroys our normal conception of causation by saying, well, causation doesn't exist outside of us. Outside of, like... Human minds? Outside of human minds, we only... Ascribe it to things? Ascribe it. So, like... Yeah. Through... Someone talked about that, Jeff. Through a a process similar to conditioning, we associate causation with certain events. Yeah. So, like, we can't necessarily say that, like, say there's a rock on the ground. We can't necessarily say through um, causation that the rock will suddenly not just like shoot up into the air like we can't like yeah. it, it's it's a hard argument to de- it's I, so I, hard. that becomes more epistem- to epistemology almost because well, it's, it's like, kind of like metaphysical too because it it's like talking about like um, it's very metaphysical yeah. like yeah he's basically saying like 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 if if i drop my phone um like there's no way for us to like and, like, be certain or, like, establish, and correct me, you probably know, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably know more about this than me. Like, there's no way for us to establish that, like, there is something called gravity, which is, like, causing that to happen. We can only, like, pick up, like, the patterns um, so, yeah. in nature and, like, right. like ascribe causality to them, when in reality it's just, like, pure correlation and, like... Right. Yeah, so, so a, lot of, a lot of what it has to do with is, like... A counter-argument to uh, Hume in that regard is, like, mathematics. You can use mathematics to prove causation when, in reality, Hume says, no, mathematics just describes everything that's happening. Uh-huh. Interesting. Wait, if, that how makes, could you, if that makes I'm sense. How would you... How do people say you would prove um, causality with math? Like, through physics, like, be... be yeah. Right? Because it's like, if you, yeah. if you have, like, a physical proof of like gravity or whatever like that it's just like describing that that things fall acceleratingly like at negative 9.8 meters per second squared so it's describing the event that's happening but it's not saying that's what like causes the event to happen i don't don't know if that like does that answer the question though because like i don't think human saying like gravity doesn't exist right he's just saying no no, he's he's just saying that it's impossible for us to like infer causality yes from 
our observations of like said right. physical phenomena. Yeah. Like our observation of physical phenomena is not to, enough to say causality is exists. Yeah. So is he is he making the claim that it's like we don't have the tools necessary to know that it exists, or is he making the claim that it doesn't exist? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I think okay. I think it's one of those things where. Um, at least what I gathered from my philosophy class is like if you can, especially in a lot of um, kind of papers or like arguments that are re- replying to certain arguments or like refuting them, it's just like um, casting doubt or uh, kind of like showing that it, it's not universally true. And so um, although that can be like frustrating about philosophy, I feel like because there's no like hard answer, it just shows that um, it's like in it's like in the practice of law, like do you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that the person is innocent or guilty? And it's like it's just showing that you can't believe one opinion beyond a shadow of a doubt, and therefore yeah. we probably have to take some kind of middle ground. Like I think that's why Hume kind of comes down on the side of compatibilism. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, well, I think I just, Hume's compatibilism doesn't. There's no doubt in his final answer, right? Because if there were, what kind of a philosopher would he be? Everyone would just right like poop on him, but. Um, I think basically his final argument for compatibilism comes down to like free will. Previously, determinism was um, like a completely like semantical debate, like you were right. saying earlier, and it can just be solved through saying, "Hey, causation is not what we think it is. Causation is actually just something that we've ascribed to reality in order to help us understand it." So, I mean, I could be totally off base here, but is the idea that like our misunderstanding of causality um like explains why people like believe in determinism yeah okay correct that's what he's arguing against okay yeah sam do you want to do you want to he believes he believes in determinism that's where the compatibilism comes in because he believes in the determinism in the sense that like we predict human behaviors using causality and therefore like but obviously that's been resolved now with like modern science, you know. What we causality? Actually, like like we can actually ascribe our actions to chemical reactions like, you know, in the brain. In the brain. So like that's been But like for the time period that was a very heavy like so people just thought it was argument. like souls, yeah. 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 Sam, do you um I've kind of tried to describe it to John, but obviously not as well as you can, but I've always been interested in your like argument um, for the lack of free will in that it, for, for what I from oh, what I gather go. well no no just like the deep end from, now. from what I gather Wait, I thought you didn't believe in free will is that not true I'm, or you were at I, least I'm, I'm pushing yet, back against it a lot I'm yet to be convinced either way so okay. from what I gather Sam your argument is that either actions are determined or they're random is that yeah. true so I mean, do you want to just that, like I describe that I think that, that applies to like anything in the in the universe ultimately. like doesn't just have to be like down to quantum physics right doesn't have to be yeah i mean doesn't have to be just human action but like like either um like when something happens like when an event happens it was either caused to happen by something else in which case it would have not happened if it was not for the not for that thing for the prior event for the thing causing it or it happened because of no cause right in which case it was random and i like i think like, would you guys say that it's reasonable that those are the two possibilities? Things are either caused or they're not caused. I don't see any other option. Yeah, like I don't like I don't see any other option either. And I think my argument is that if things are caused, then the like free will, or at least like the idea of free, like the libertarian idea of free will, that most most people I think um, implicitly just assume. Like, if it's caused, that idea doesn't make sense. If it's not caused, that idea doesn't make sense. Therefore, that idea never makes sense. And I can... So if it's not free will, it's something else. Well, we it's just don't have it's the just, language to describe it. It's just... Because it's not determinism because you're... Yeah, because it's not determinism if certain things are random. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the, thing, the thing is, like... It's randomism. I, I, like, I say... Like, when people ask me, like, are you a determinist? Like, I say yes, like, knowing... Um, there's like a caveat there. knowing like yeah. what they're asking but like i'm not actually like fully determinist because of quantum mechanics like like things at the quantum level and to be fair like i really don't understand this so like i could be totally wrong but like the scientific evidence i've read suggests that things at the quantum level happen like to a large extent randomly and on cost which means that they're not determined right like like 
whether or not an electron is like here or there is not like determined like you can't just like know that based on prior events um but in my so like i don't consider myself a determinist because of that but like my point or like like my thing with free will is that ultimately like that doesn't help free will at all like like if there's no if there's no reason for something to be the case um and like i can apply this to like human choice later but like if there's no reason for something to be the case that doesn't mean that it's like more free like for instance like think about think about like if i have like a random spasm and like and i and i get that like spasms are technically like caused by physical events but like let's say like there's a totally random like my arm just like shakes like there's nothing that caused it like then it would have to be the case that that's not free right because you didn't yeah like if there was like literally is not caused is the assumption right yeah well well, it's not my point is that it's not free like my point is that it's like like a free event is not caused in any case right yeah like any anything that is caused is not free free, right anything that's that's, free anything that's not caused well it's not that i'm no that's the paradox of free will right it's that like i think that's like the understanding we have of free like like i think the idea of like freedom is like um like the idea of freedom that most people believe is like contradictory because it's like this was not caused but at the same time i caused it yeah (laughs) yeah that's ironic um and like i think the idea there ultimately is that like the i is this purely um like purely like in control thing and i think like it just that just doesn't make sense when you like think about it more yeah um that's yeah. like, I mean, John and I have um, talked about this in the first one. I mean, and I, I am not claiming in any way that our ignorance is evidence um, towards one way or the other. But I mean, that's one of the things about like consciousness is because at this time and probably for the rest of the times that we're alive and while we're on this earth, we will understand so little yeah. about consciousness that it's it's almost, it's, it's just so hard to say. I mean, you could, I mean, obviously there's interaction between your brain and whatever your consciousness is. Like yeah. that, that's just apparent and you know studies that they do where they are um, you know they'll, they'll send like electric signals to certain parts of your brain and it like triggers some random memory which is insane or like they, they can see where like blood is flowing when you're thinking certain things like it's obvious that there's some kind of interaction there, there are studies done that um, show that like if you have all of the proper like scientific information you can know the decision someone's going to make like before they're even aware of it so like ultimately like That's crazy yeah like like with some with some things like for instance like oh shit my bad um, like if I decided to like pick up the phone like and you had my brain like wired to some like machine I don't I don't know how it works but the machine could tell you before I was consciously aware like moments before or like minutes? like very like moment moments before okay, okay but that I don't think that changes like the um, idea significance of, yeah. uh, of it um because it's, it's, it's like it's like ultimately like you're you it is like in your brain like it is going to happen before you are consciously aware that's going to happen which means that your consciousness is not what led to it it's it spontaneously arose so it's random so what is the well it's not it's or it's caused it's caused by other things what causes thoughts then (laughs) well that's what we don't know that's what i'm saying is like 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 neurons cause thoughts like i don't know but like yeah i mean it's the nature and nurture thing i I think i think like thought is also like an interesting thing to talk about like in relation to free will like, think about, um, I, if you just, like, I've meditated before, and I think when, when you meditate, like, you, you realize this is, like, an interesting tool, but, um, there might be, like, a reasonable order to, like, the thoughts that I'm having, you know, like, I'll be thinking about baseball, then I think about Chipper Jones, and I think about the fact that Chipper Jones was big into hunting, and I think about my friend who hunted, like, etc. Right. But, like, if you hone in on the thoughts as they happen, like, they just appear, you right. know, like, like thoughts like appear in consciousness and like there's a I think there's a physical explanation for it but like the fact that I think of like like for instance if I tell you like don't think of purple elephant right you think, you of, can't a not you think of a purple elephant and like like I don't think ultimately like it's something that there's any reasonable like I don't think you can reasonably make the case that you think of a purple elephant there's any freedom in that and I think like Purple elephants are the most, like, overt, obvious case, but I think that it applies to everything. Like, it's just, like, your thoughts are triggered by something. Or they're completely random, in which case, like, of course, like... Right. So what comes first, 
um, the thought or the emotion? I think what, it, do you think I emotions think can cause thoughts? Yeah, I think it depends. I don't think you can have a universal it's not answer. Always, because yeah. obviously emotions both, can definitely cause you know thoughts. Emotions sure. can cause thoughts and thoughts 100% cause thoughts emotions. Thoughts can cause you know? exactly. Yeah, but what if you had the emotion before you had the thought? Like in every case, I feel like that is possible. I feel like you're also like predisposed I, to have almost like an, a subconscious. Like I don't know, I don't know if emotion is the right word for your subconscious, but you can have this like predisposition in your like subconscious. a pull towards a certain thought or something. Right, yeah. and that that is exactly like a pull towards a certain thought that is like I guess you could describe it as an emotion, but it's like it consciously you recognize the emotion before you recognize. Sorry, you recognize the thought before you recognize the conscious emotion. But you could have had a subconscious like pull or emotion like towards that. Thought. Are emotions different than thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they are. So, but I mean, but there can be some f- overlap, but they're definitely not like interchangeable. I mean, you could be thinking about something like you. I could be thinking about, uh, like my my dogs or whatever, but like be sad, you know, at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like emotions more easily permeate are are, are more. There's more overlap um, between the subconscious and the conscious with emotions than there are with thoughts. I feel like thoughts almost solely live in the conscious experience. So you, think the sub- you don't think the subconscious seeps into them? I think um, I think they can like as help significant cre- of a, a degree. I think I as with thoughts. I mean, I don't know how significant of a degree the subconscious doesn't seep emotions. into your emotions. Or, no, in your thoughts. That's what you're yeah. So I, I think that your subconscious. Um, like, I, I think that, okay, the world is, like, incredibly complex and everything that you take in can almost, like, live in your subconscious and it might, like, never manifest itself into a, uh, like, conscious, like, thought that you understand. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I think that they, like, that all of, all of the things that you perceive in the real world, like, live in your subconscious and then could become, ter- could in turn become into a conscious thought. Um, but I think that emotions, like, necessarily have to be Subconscious. Like subconscious, maybe initially or at some point, because I feel like you're feeling something, and then you're like, "Oh crap, I'm feeling sad right now," or whatever it is. Um, but I guess you could make that same argument for thoughts that they like. You're like, "Oh, I'm thinking of a purple elephant right now." Like it yeah. kind of almost spontaneously arise. Yeah. Um, what about like fleeting emotions and fleeting thoughts? Right. Like something stupid, like purple elephant example. Like that's I feel like not that doesn't necessarily going to procure yeah. an emotion in you. Like yeah, true, true. Well, but that I don't think that's the point that he's making, though, right? Like, but I, but I also agree with like what you're saying is like you could have some fleeting thought, like you you could have a thought that is independent um, from an emotion, but it's like could you have an emotion that's independent from a thought? That's a good idea. I think you can, yeah, and that's I mean, what I'm thinking subconsciously. Well, you I think, yeah, you can, because like, like people can have emotions that they're not even aware. They have, or that they would like deny that they have. Is like, that, like for is instance, that the like subconscious. Yeah, it's a subconscious. Like, like if I saw like, or you like if t- I had a crush on a girl, um, or, or like if I like, if I, I, you can like think that you don't like a girl, but like deep down you do. And like, like if right. I, if there's like a girl, um, that like you have a crush on or something, you don't think you do, and you see her with another guy, and you feel a certain way, you could be like, you could ascribe it to like, oh, I'm just mad because it's like stuff never works out for me but like it could actually be the case that you're sad because of her specifically right yeah and that's just one example like that's not the only example yeah i I agree with that though but your emotion like i think yeah there's like this is obviously like oversimplifying but like it's fair to say that there is like you have a soul and you have a mind like i don't believe that metaphysically but like more in like a metaphorical sense like you have like an emotional side and you have a thought side, like a, a logical, or not necessarily logical, but like a mental side, and they might be di- believe different things. That's kind of John, like what you were, what we were texting about the other day. How you said, like, do you believe that in the argument that like the soul just is the subconscious in a sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, or does it like reside in the subconscious if there is one? You know? Yeah, I, I like the idea that your emotions and your thoughts don't always line up. Because I think that's what causes a lot of people anxiety, and yeah, yeah, it causes a lot of people to not understand themselves because they don't understand the underlying emotions behind. Like they have certain desires, but their emotions don't line up with those desires. Is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I think I think exact like that is why like it's my like things like mindfulness or even like things like 
like therapy are so important because like the more you understand um where your emotions are yeah where your emotions are like the more like you're gonna know what to do with yourself and like yeah. i think and certain and like how to manage certain thoughts that you have that arise yeah you know? i think people that like have very unstable emotions though right like you could be one day thinking my purpose is so and so because of so and so emotion but then the next day you have a different emotion which says oh no actually i'm inspired to do a different thing yeah i mean that's a hard li- i i mean i think at the very least it's helpful to understand that you know like that yeah. you are that way yeah. but like i mean right. that's that's definitely like a hard like people who are bipolar like definitely mindfulness will be harder for like a bipolar person or like self-discovery would be harder for like a schizophrenic person um yeah <laughs> that's probably offensive self-discovery to that, but. um so well, it's not self, like we're making fun of like which self is the people. real one so. so sam kind of turning the page a little bit but sticking on the idea of philosophy i want because i've i've definitely heard you talk about it but um i kind of want to hear if you have if you want to go more in depth and like describe to john what your general argument was for your probie presentation for Jeff Sock because I thought that that was okay. a really interesting one, um, uh-huh. and also just like generally your um, like how that how that whole experience went because I know for me my probie presentations are like some of the most vivid memories that yeah. I have at Jeff yeah. Sock. I mean, and, no, at, at UVA in general, uh-huh. you know. Um, so yeah, I, I want to hear what the argument it's was. It's interesting that you say that because um, I actually have like literally zero recollection. <laughs> no, not not of like the process, but like. Of my the actual specific, moment, yeah. Of my Dude, specific presentation. I'm the exact same you way. just, like, black out when you're public out. speaking. In big moments, like, I don't think you have the mental space to, like, create memories. Because you're just so, like... I don't know I don't know if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're just you're so in focused. the flow state. Yeah, exactly. Like, baseball, for me, a lot of people will say, like, oh, I remember everything about every game in baseball. But for me, I'm just not that way at all. Like, yeah. Like, my, the flow state just takes over for me. I, I just am so in the moment that I forget uh-huh. to remember, I guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, that, like, that makes sense because that's exactly, like... I mean, I'm guessing with baseball, you probably have more, like, big moments than me. Like, most of my life is not, like, well, high stakes, but... Um, I mean, it's just a game, but I guess... Well, yeah, I, I mean, I know it's just a game, but I'm saying, like, there would be more times where that would happen right, for yeah. you than for me yeah Probably. like that makes sense but yeah. um here i'll wait till blake yeah there right, he is sorry go for it <laughs> um so okay essentially Gotta i was up. trying like my main my main goal was to make um what i consider to be like something that is considered very controversial as uncontroversial as possible and i do think i honestly do think i did did that pretty well um but like i was talking about cultural relativism which is like not it's a hard hitter yeah i mean like like the thing is like i don't know i feel like in a way cultural relativism is kind of like low-hanging fruit because like like no one talks about cultural relativism because they actually believe in it right like it's just like like cultural marxism like like you only talk about it if, you if you're criticizing it. it yeah um but want to give a brief rundown of yeah, cultural yes, relativism for yes. the people that don't know okay so cultural relativism and like I think of it more as, um, like, a psychological tendency than a, like, actual worldview or, like, actual, actual, like, philosophical position because, uh, or at least that's what I try to talk about more because I don't know really anyone who, like, has explicitly said that they believe, like, that the, the things that I'm criticizing. It's just... A series of assumptions that I think are made by people, um, almost always uh, liberals, um, because they think it's like like the like the good thing to believe, like the good thing. To, uh, and also for people listening, keep in mind that Sam identifies as a liberal, but this is like yeah. a thing that he's just very well, objective and one, like. Well, one of my biggest things is like I think liberals do liberalism incorrectly, and like that's like one of the things I'm most passionate about because like I believe. And a lot of the conclusions. You're a big L liberal, not like a leftist liberals or like just whatever. Don't agree well, I mean, with I, each other on anything. I mean, I would consider myself like a leftist in like an American context, but like Sorry, I think a lot of I think a lot of liberals just like go about defending liberalism or go about um, arriving at their beliefs in a bad way. So like whenever they do, like, I, I try to talk about it. And like whatever is the most virtuous, a lot of times. I think I think a lot of times it's just like what appears to be um, woke. Well, yes, yeah, yes, um, and that's not all of it. That's definitely a lot of it. 
but here I'll, I'll define okay I'll yeah, define cultural relativism, cultural relativism. Yeah. Um, cultural relativism okay. is like the belief that um, all cultures are equally good like by necessity um, and like that therefore we should not uh, not therefore and, and also that we should not criticize cultures outside of our own um, because like they have to be equal to ours um and like and we who don't are we to yeah say who are that, yeah. Said, yeah like 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 often like like people if, if someone says um like who are you to say that's bad or like that's just like something a westerner would say my um, anthropology teacher definitely believed in that yeah like, <laughs> like that that's kind of like the that's kind of like the set of beliefs so like the like implicit beliefs um that i'm criticizing so like and, it, so for example like if uh someone's culture is to like poop on the street like he, who precisely. are we to criticize that te- like, like yeah, precisely um yeah so like like my, my claim because like at first like my, my first goal my or my first thesis was um cultural relativism like fails as a moral worldview um and that that was harder to justify because then i have to like assert that like morality is objective which is like oh, a, whole, a whole other whole another conversation <laughs> so i just said um cultural relativism is not a liberal worldview and i justified that on the basis that um liberalism or i i said i think i said social progressivism like like i said it's not a socially progressive worldview and i based that on social progressivism holds that um certain things and i said like specifically like homophobia racism sexism are bad and for homophobia racism and sexism to be bad it implies that like bad exists independent of culture but if bad exists independent of culture that means that cultural relativism is not true because cultural relativism like requires that all cultures be equally good in their own way subjectively like whatever and so like what i did was like i laid out like a hypothetical like like imagine there's like the u.s um and like the u.s like is a culture um i mean it's hard to define culture but like definitely there's a culture in the u.s and um racism exists in the u.s if racism didn't exist in the u.s the u.s would have a better culture and if you don't agree with that or sorry like you if you don't agree with that my claim is that you're not a social progressive but if you do believe in that then you can't believe in cultural relativism um because like cultural relativism asserts that like you know all cultures have to be equal so like like like, yeah obviously the, the the more common way people like bring it up is like if i say um like it's horrible that like in certain like islamic countries uh women aren't allowed to like leave the house without a man they'd say like who are, who are you to like right. say say right. that like that's bad um i think like the reason why they're saying that is because they think that like you can't make like claims about cultures being good or bad but if you can't make claims about cultures being good or bad then like you can't make claims about anything being good or bad because like ultimately like i agree with that i mean it's it's an identity politics argument pretty much like because you're not part of this culture you're not allowed to and that's the same thing that i think that's the same argument that people make with like if you're not a man you can't have an opinion about abortion you know what i'm saying yeah because just because you don't you aren't part of a certain like demographic or culture or whatever that like is impacted by the um the what is carried out by that culture then you can't have like an opinion on it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate I hate all the stuff on social media right now saying you can and cannot do this. Yeah, I yeah. think that's because also when what, what's frustrating about that is like the person that is saying that is almost like putting themselves. So like, say you have someone who's in a culture, and then you have someone who's outside the culture. The person who's posting that is not within either of those, but almost above both of those people saying, "I'm the like police saying you're not allowed to like yeah. say either way." You know? Yeah. Wait, sorry, say that again? I kind of don't know. I was just saying, like, it, like it, 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 it's just more policing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's putting well, themselves think, on a pedestal, yeah. like, looking down on both parties. Like, hey, I'm the... I mean, I think a judgment. lot of it, I think a lot of it's, like, performative um, oh, yeah, these 100%. days. And, like, I think, like, yeah, like, to an extent, like, we want moral policing. Like, like if, if people are just out, like, raping people, then we want to, like, we want to say, like, don't do that. Um, but, like, I think, you know, a lot of the things that people are saying to not do... I think also that's an interesting... Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say that's also... Because that reminds me of my experience um, with the wash and, like, how 
we had that like tan man i had that whole thing but i just want to get oh, dude you have to tell that story so wait did i hear the story no yeah you, have you, to tell you, story. you definitely heard the story so pretty much before jeff's off when i was in um in the this fall is an, this is an internet echo chamber in real life yeah yeah no it oh, is wash? So, yeah, yeah with the wash with, so like, them hissing at you. yeah so um pretty much like tan man, so the the thesis so we did a debate tan man eyes so um and the the thesis um was uh or sorry the, the resolution was um should or it was um lgbtq rights should be prioritized over religious liberty in the united states so it's it's, no. it's 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 once again lgbtq rights should be prioritized over religious liberty in the united states and it's it's important because it's or the, the wording of that is very important because it's should be prioritized over, over you know what i'm saying and so like if they come are in conflict exactly so our entire argument was no one should be prioritized over any other we're not arguing that religious liberty should be prioritized over lgbtq rights we're just arguing they should be prioritized equally like if like you know and so we're just saying that well okay i mean sorry you can keep going but like if they're prioritized equally then you just don't know what to do when they come into conflict right and that's and so that's that's exactly kind of what the crux of the debate was about because the debate they, they brought up like real life examples you know so they brought up the examples of how um certain like uh bakeries they were run by like christian um like managers or whatever yeah. um would deny baking cakes for um gay gay weddings or whatever yeah. um and so that was kind of the crux of it um but anyways we th there was i mean that, that's obviously a pretty heated um debate and but i definitely actually, you didn't say anything that was like you're a bad person for right saying. and and I, like, the, I i would disagree with your position but like it's not like right and i'm gonna say oh he's a bad person he was also he assigned that. that position right yes we we're yeah. yeah and so that was that was the whole thing and that so also that you yeah. were assigned a position that like everyone was that, like, Fuck well you. the thing is is I, i'm not gonna lie before the debate i literally thought i was like we're we're in the i was like we have the upper hand here i was like if i i, I don't know i mean maybe that that just is a um Maybe that's just an expose of my, uh, like, inner feelings about it. Or not even inner feelings about it, but just, like, uh, my, like, religiosity as a person. Um, but I was like, okay, yeah. we are, like, we're taking a group that is 90, like, if, like, the, because once again, it's LGBTQ rights should be prioritized over religious liberty in the United States. So if you take the religious population in the United States, that's, like, 90% of people, like, over 90% of people identify as something other than non-religious than non-religious okay yeah. um and so that's not, and then the lgbtq community that's like under 20 percent of the american population that's so i was like, like under 10 percent. yeah and so i was i was like okay we're we're pretty much arguing in that case that a group that is worth there that not not worth a group that consists of like 10 or 20 percent of the population should be, should be prioritized over a group that is uh consists of 90 percent and so i was like okay we just have to lay this out and the thing is i literally didn't even bring up those numbers because the room at the so time heated. was so heated and toxic like um they were hissing like while we were speaking and stuff like that yeah, and, and laughing like, laughing, points, like right? laughing at our points and all this stuff and um, a lot of times when people laugh like they're not actually laughing they just want you to feel like yeah dumber or whatever stuff, yeah. um so anyways and that's why i felt so pleased with um with Jeff Sock because you take like I don't know they you know Michael the Proby a kid in my Proby class he I Michael Silek he is a um he um it was a Bernie supporter um worked on Bernie's campaign like helped out around grounds like for Bernie but he argued pro second amendment and I don't think that he actually That's believes in it awesome. but he argued it for the sake of argumentation oh, and for everyone his presentation? exactly for his he everyone he, he failed but, but everyone was super respectful and like it um that's what I like really appreciated about it. And so I feel like, thank God, I, I don't know what, if, if it's turning more um, towards one way or another because of like the, um, all of the like racial tension and stuff that's going on. It's and like the, the turning, ideas to, uh, the, into the wash a little bit more. I mean, I, the, the ideas to change the name from the Jefferson society certainly make me think that, but I feel like just generally the culture at um, Jeff Sock is better about that. But, and I want to get your opinion on this as like a reg mem, I feel like the culture which means of regular member. Yeah, which means regular member. Um, Proby, probationary member, reg mem is regular member. But like as regular member, what your opinion is on like the the culture or, or of um, like elitism and just like and like you know intellectually Wait, the year above mean? people in Jeff Sock. Like, what do you mean do you, like of elitism? Well, do you think that people in Jeff Sock think that they're like like it, like smarter than everyone else? Yeah. And if and do you think that like that's harmful for bringing in new members, or do you think like I mean, because you um, you don't admit. I feel like that's the more. appeal, probably. Like just from an I outsider agree. perspective. Like, I agree. Like, being appeal, being yeah. honest, objectively, like I was like, they. I mean, even even if it's not true, they think You're they're really more informed. They're smarter than, than everyone. Yeah. You, 
Exactly. I, I 100% you know, like, think that Jeff Zock has been a big contributor to my, like, you know, critical thinking skills. Uh, but so what do you yeah. think about, like, that well, within the regular members? And I think we should, like, separate um, – I'm just going to talk about, like, elitism real quick, and then we can talk about, like, like the culture change I mm-hmm. think you were talking about. Like, I think with elitism, um, it's one thing to think you're smarter than, like, the average UVA student, which I would say probably, like, almost every – person in jeff sock does and another to like act in a way which right. like makes that known to people um because i i think like and i gotta you know call out like specific people but like it's fine because they're probably not gonna listen to this podcast i i i'm i can bet the names you're about to say really bad because i want to i want to know what Dan you think Jackham. yeah i i wasn't gonna say him but like yeah will <laughs> will for sure um but like will it's mostly like yeah, like, Will, I feel like it's mostly a facade when you have, like, real conversations with him, like, he doesn't. He's more down to earth, yeah. He, yeah. But, like, so I was going to say, I was gonna say um, like, Daniel Turkovich, oh, Charlie, yeah. Charlie, um, I'd say, yeah, honestly, it's more of, like, a guy thing um, than a girl thing. Yeah. I but mean, like, you, what about, like, Alexandra or Haley Palmer? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, Alexandra, maybe, but, like, I don't know. I feel like, maybe, maybe like, Robert Bork. I feel like a lot of people, yeah. like, present themselves, like, people have just, in, a lot of people in Jeff Sock have internalized, like, um, oh, like, I'm the smart guy, like. Out of all it, the people in my class, I'm the one that's in, like, Jeff Sock. I'm the one that's in yeah. Jeff Sock, and then they, like, act in such a way where it's, like, I don't know, where it's, and like, off-putting. I, I feel like it's, like, off-putting to, like, most people at UVA, and, like, even, like, it, it like, honestly was off-putting to me, um. Like at first, like when I like when I, when I went to, uh, like we had a debate, like a, a Democratic debate watch party, um, and I was like the only probie that went, and it was like it was like Dan Jackham, um, Charlie Helling, like Robert or Matt Diazio, yeah. um, like, like just like uh, like a lot of like the really like a lot of really smart people in Jeff Sock, but like the like the way they were like discussing politics was like to me just seemed like kind of an exercise in elitism where they would just like ref- where they would reference a certain policy or like re- reference a certain position and basically just resort to like mocking it like with with with, with, with like and they oversimplify it when that happens too inherently. yeah and like and it's, it, it it did seem to me that like there was kind of this like underlying like haha like we're like we obviously are like so like intellectually like above like thinking this um and like i mean I, I think that like that is a fair criticism of jeff sock like for sure and also it's, it's, it's not, not even... it's not a good thing to connect with people definitely and like if you want to make a relationship with someone you don't want to be like you don't want to think you're above it's, it's, them. i'm way smarter than yeah. you like it's definitely un- i mean it's, you can't it, even compare to my level we can't even be friends right it's i mean it's one of those things with like you take like fraternity rush or something like that where it's like you have certain fraternities that it's like you know, when you go to the house for rush or something, they're kind of cold to you, and you have to prove yourself to them to like like gain their respect. And then you have other places that are more welcoming and that are like, hey, like what like and they're asking about yeah. you or like you know they're genuinely interested in you. Um, it's and I feel like Jeff Sock is more of the former there, and John like where so, you have to um, you kind of have yourself. to you have to prove your almost like intellectual capacity to gain respect in a way. Yeah. Um, but I also think um, so like John the um in Jeff Sock like for all the for all the probies in Jeff Sock you like you have to wear like coat and tie or business attire um like to all the meetings and stuff like that and i think and also a lot of the regular members like don't like you know a lot of the regular members were just like whatever but a lot of them will like like dress up for the meetings on friday yeah. nights and it's like you'll see people wearing like slacks like a um like some people coat and tie wear, with like a sweater vest or something like every that single every single meeting and so like that's a common like it, it's it's like a, a thing around uva where it's just like oh like if, if especially if someone's like wearing a bow tie and glasses or something like that it's like oh they're in jeff sock or whatever you know what i'm saying and it's like it, it almost like it's a it's like yeah. it's like they think they're better than us because they're wearing they're more like, worthy and i think that's they a, take I themselves think, more seriously i think that's a fair criticism now like i don't i don't think that like if you're wearing like if you just like like to wear a suit and tie like daniel durkovich yeah so tell wears, him about this kid yeah daniel durkovich is like one of the most interesting people he's a I master's have, public policy student i've ever met but um basically like 24 7 he is dressed like someone from the 1800s not like, exaggerating yeah three-piece like, suit like a three-piece suit, three-piece suit. in his yep. pocket yes yes, yes. yes. He, and, like, and, and he has a cane, a cane. 
Here's a cane. And a chain in his pocket every time. He, like like a, um, what's it called where you pull it out and it's a watch? Pocket watch. A pocket watch, he, yeah. He has a pipe, but he doesn't smoke it. He just carries it. He, 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 he carries, carries it in like, like holds it. Yeah. yeah. The no, but like, the, like and, the thing is, I respect I respect him because it's like, that's the aesthetic that he likes, right? Like, like I don't and think no one gives him crap for it. Like, like literally, yes. no one gives him crap for it. It's unbelievable. Yes. Dress like the like, like not not even like the people who are like very like progressive, give him crap about it because I feel like they know that like, like He's basically to him like 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 if someone seriously like that's just like the culture like that's just like the the style of dress that he really likes because like think about like all of the shit that you have to take. Like for dre- like walking around and dressing up like someone from like he goes the late to all of his classes like that like, from the late eighteen hundreds like that's one guy <laughs> like come on now yeah that's one guy that does it like like because they like it but like I feel as like there are Jeff's people I feel like there are a lot of people who like dress up because they like think of like Jeff Sock as a um, like formal like like they think of it as like a formal event like a, a classy event and i think that's kind of boils down to them thinking that it's like an elite like i think it's somewhat of a self-fulfilling society. prophecy because like the social events that jeff sock puts on are like at country clubs and stuff like that like all the like the um like wilson day and founders yeah. day and stuff like that like i feel like you don't see as many like informal just like kickbacks than jeff sock although you can find that if you're looking for it you know yeah what I'm saying? I mean, yeah just by the nature of what it is it sounds like there's not going to be that many informal events Right. Yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's definitely like, it definitely is like, I and mean, if they only let in a quarter of the people, and like the reason they let them in is because they think they're like, the smartest. In, most, like, like some people don't like finish through their probably semesters or whatever. It's like it's bound to be like elitist. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like the question is whether or not it's like. I think there's a difference between like toxic elitism and like elitism by necessity. So like, like if you're like. Uh, it's kind of get, kind of gonna get to like meritocracy a bit, um, not like fully, but maybe tangentially. Like if you're hiring someone for a business, like you're being elitist by necessity, right? Like where you're just like hiring like the best people because like you think they're gonna do the best job. Yeah. Um, but what was the other alternative I gave? Like elitist, oh, like toxic elitism. Yeah, toxic elitism. Yeah, like, like then compared to like societies which like pride themselves and like having like like better people or like right people who like assign like inherent worth to themselves and like necessarily the people like other people have less worth as a result of them like being a certain way like in a member of a, a member of a certain group and i think like like one i think systems that are set up to like be elitist and that like they hire like the, the like the quote better people or like people like better suited um for something like often tend to end up being toxically elitist because like ultimately just because of human psychology right like mm-hmm. like we like love to rank ourselves um and i think like, like that, tribalism that definitely carries over in joe's um, sure. um also sam just like also kind of getting into the whole transfer thing like it's pretty yeah. cool just like generally that like especially out of high school like you literally knew what jeff sock was you wanted to be in it and then even though like first year of college like you weren't and like you weren't as like happy at wake and stuff like you were able to like in the end just like attain yeah. that goal you know what i'm saying it was kind of it kind of crazy because like yeah uva was my um top choice in high school really since i was like a sophomore um and i didn't get in and i got into wake which was the uh like my second choice mm-hmm. and i ended up having a like a bad experience at wake but like like when i was interested in uva um, like I looked at like all the clubs and stuff and like the one that like resonated most with me was Jeff Sock. Which is unique because most people who like are I feel like philosophy majors or interested in philosophy weren't as early as you were, but you knew at that time that that's like an outlet that you wanted in your college yeah, experience. Yeah. No, I mean yeah, no it is cool cuz like a lot of the people that I like am best friend uh, like really really good friends with now. Um I was like looking at their picture on the like Jeff Sock uh, website. website like yeah. when I was in high school you Jeff know? Sock has its own website yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you can peek um, but yeah that's I don't know that's um that's also like with with Cab Daily now like it's just like I don't know what I went Cab Daily it's like, yeah, the, it's like website, the newspaper, the newspaper. Yeah. He's, he's writing oh. for them next year oh nice dude that's awesome thanks um, but yeah like when I've gone to 
Holy Innocence after I graduated and done like the college panels or whatever, like especially recently I've done like a couple since like I left Georgia Tech and whatever and I've like the thing that I stress most is like if you have like a school or a few schools that like you just gung-ho like really want to go like you can make it happen and stuff like just because it doesn't happen in high school doesn't mean like it's not um, going to or whatever and I try and no, yeah, it's, stress and I feel like that's, that's applicable important. to like life I mean it's I mean I don't know it's like the classic uh like senior like college application thing where it's like a resiliency thing like oh I, I broke my leg when I was a sophomore in my soccer game but then I came back and scored a goal when I was a junior You're and talking like about college applications. yeah like I like I'm just being sarcastic like it's it's kind of one of those like classic like sappy like resiliency yeah. stories or whatever or like um bouncing back from stuff but I don't know it seems like it's been pretty it's worked out Especially with Jeff Sock. I think so, yeah. I mean, like, I still wish I had my first year at EVA. Yeah, same. Especially because they won the Natty. Or two Natties, I mean, yeah, honestly. Yeah, that would be, be nice. But also just, like... <laughs> That's all I think about. I, don't know, I mean, it's also hard because, like... I think me and you both don't know what our lives would have been like... I wonder if, like, if we would have met or crossed paths. <laughs> you know? Probably not. Also, but I also think... I'm, I, I'm very... And I say this to, like, everyone who asks me, and especially my friends at Georgia Tech. Like, I'm incredible, incredibly grateful Georgia Tech just like have kind of seen that side and also like I learned a lot about myself and kind of realized like yeah. what I did not like about Georgia Tech or whatever yeah. and what I was seeking and then that gives you such an extra appreciation like I feel like if you were for instance someone that like you know like w applied somewhere else and then you didn't get in then you got into UVA like out of high school and then you went as your first year and you were kind of still reluctant about it like we are definitely having better experiences while we're at UVA now that we've seen what we don't like and yeah. now experience something that we do you yeah, know what I'm we saying also, yeah we can we get to compare it to something that we don't like. Yeah. Um, my college experience is wildly different. Just you just like smaller, or just or? like you knew you want you like we're gonna like it the whole time. Well, like I went to to Rhodes basically for baseball, mm -hmm. so it's like. But you've always said that you. I've never really a had the opportunity if to do wasn't any of these thing, like, right? clubs and stuff. What do you? But I feel like you've mentioned to me, and I don't know if this has like changed your opinion has changed recently, but I feel like you've mentioned like you would have appreciated and liked and fit in at Rhodes like had it not been for baseball regardless do you feel like that's still the case probably so yeah yeah but I, I guess the baseball culture is just something that I've grown up around so much that I can't really imagine myself outside of it at this point and like, also just like your social life is so like different yeah, than it would have been like, if you had just gone you know yeah because my baseball. closest friends obviously are like what I do stuff with and that's just kind of the how I'm oriented as a person like when I do things with people and have repeated interactions with them, that's how I become close with them. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not gonna become best friends with someone after meeting. I also them think about um, the first time. That's kind of like like this. It's like the psycho. Right, true. And it's also I always think about like the Wait, what? psychology. What? Just like Sam and I just were continually like going through stuff with each other initially, and then it's like part of what like makes. I think we were like we were like friends by necessity at first, and then like ultimately, and then that like, like made it, you know, because just exposure. But, yeah. I'm also thinking about, like, you know, the psychology of something like, or, like, the group psychology of something like bloodship, you know, like, I mean, it's it's simply proven, like, we learned this in my social psychology class, that, like, when you go through hard stuff with people together, you just right. come out closer, and it's, like, almost yeah. irrational, right? Like, nothing you changed. Share similar struggles. Yeah, you, sh you share similar struggles. It's not like you're, I mean, I guess you've, you've shared certain experiences, but it's not like you share anything besides those experiences more than you did before necessarily I mean, well, but it's uh, like you have to lean on each other in those tough times and i think like you know? becoming close to people is generally not like because of rational that's reason, true that's right? true like yeah i mean i mean humans, at times, aren't, humans are not fully rational you know yeah um, that's like as I mean, much as we try to be i mean malcolm gladwell's book blank is entirely about like the the, the power of like the subconscious and how like your gut feeling is like actually very powerful and you should listen to it instead of like a hundred percent trying to reason your way is through something. Is it because your like gut feeling is what is best for you? <laughs> it's partial. I mean, it's it, he, he's pretty much like what we were talking about earlier. How like sometimes your subconscious knows better than like your rational like mm -hmm. um, appeals do. You know what I'm saying? Does he talk mind. about like it's a feel thing? You know? Does he talk about like why that is the case? Does he like talk yeah, about like he, evolution at all? Or like he doesn't talk about. I mean, he, so Malcolm Gladwell is a um like he was a journalist like he wrote for yeah, I think I, New York I, Times. Yeah. yeah. So he I mean he's not like you know, in that or anything, he, he kind of does more of like, he, he tells stories as to how like certain gut processes, um, like have worked out for people in a lot of ways or like in really, really big decisions. And then like he goes, picks kind of, or I mean, like, I guess you could say that, but I mean, he, he just tells like kind of the biggest example stories. Like he talks about Coca-Cola and like how that company like has kind of, I don't remember the exact story, but kind of 
how it was really successful because of a certain like gut um instincts that they had i mean he, he goes into some of the psychology he doesn't really go into the evolution or anything uh-huh. of it um but i mean that's the the evolutionary like instinct instinctual like gut feelings i feel like is more of like a jonathan height thing in the righteous mind which yeah. he, he read that book too he's the one who suggested it to me um oh. with like where you have the um hello everyone sorry uh did not realize but anchor cuts off at a 60 minutes so we hit that to the millions of viewers yeah sorry to the millions of listeners but uh we were just getting into jonathan height his book um the righteous mind and how he pretty much argues that they're like evolutionary um moral principles or like sam was saying moral quote-unquote taste buds that we have like a good analogy right well he he uses that um and um i definitely recommend that book to anybody who's interested in like moral moral psychology moral psychology especially um when it relates to religion and politics and stuff like that um because yeah i mean it's making like psychological claims from evolution and i mean um but that's not also only what it is i mean there are definitely um criticisms of what you know evolutionary psychology is as you hear um but i I would definitely recommend that book um and if you boys have anything you want to wrap up saying um, Sam, thanks for coming on. Dude. Yeah, thank awesome. you. That was a really fun convo. Yeah. Awesome. I'd, be down, I'd be down to do it again. But, we'll we'll uh, see about the audience see. reception. See if you're a well-liked guest. We'll but uh, no up, promises. See if I bring in a big enough audience. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening. Goodbye.